Father, we want to thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, once again, Father. Yes, Lord, we want to be purified vessels, Lord, that for this morning, wash us once again, make us clean, Father. Father, instill in us the sensitivity to sin. Father, cleanse our conscience. Father, train our conscience by the word of God. Lord, continue to sanctify us, continue to set us apart. Father, may, Father, we increase in the fear of the Lord, that our reverence for you will increase, O Lord. That we, will not, that we will not be careless. Father, even the ministry of the word, we will not take them lightly. Father, grant us grace to that and we pray. That, Lord, I pray, Father, that you strengthen whatever has been already sown, water, whatever has already been sown, Father. And Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, you would grant us the anointing of the Holy Spirit even as we receive your word by faith, O Lord. Let us be filled by the Holy Spirit. Anoint us to hear, to obey, Father, and to bring forth fruit in our lives, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. To that end, I pray that you would bless and anoint, anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. We thank you. We praise you for in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. And uh, let's read from verse 10 onwards. I have my reading glasses on. I can read long distance. So that is fantastic for me. (laughs) Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 10 onwards. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. He was talking about the parable of the sower, of course. And uh, he said to him, to to you it has been uh, given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Remarkable, isn't it? To you, it has been known to know the mysteries of God. But for people who are outside, who are outside? The first category? Dogs. Okay, remember. All right. <laughs> but those who are outside, all things come to us, come to us, come to them in parables. Understand? So that seeing they may not see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. What a tremendous indictment. (laughs) This is the very word of God being spoken. Anyway, let's move on. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the other parables? It's important, therefore, to it's a key key parable for all of us to look into and meditate upon regularly because every time you look at it, you will get something uh, deeper and and something which will uh, jump out of the screen and begin to convict you. And goes on to say, uh, the sower sows the word and these are the ones uh, by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts, and go on. And these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves. We looked at this, talking about 
depths and so endure only for a time afterward in tribulation or persecution or affliction for the word's sake arises immediately they get offended we looked at that as well now these are the ones who which are the ones sown among thorns they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world the word is not world because there are two words for the world in the in the greek one is aeon and the other is cosmos the word aeon uh, is generally translated as age okay which is essentially uh, a measure of time and cosmos is a world system which also is uh, in some sense the measure of space space as well okay so the cares of this age is a better translation i would say because uh, we should not con- because there is a lot of difference i mean not lot there there's nuances uh, which kind of uh, um, give you a deeper understanding of what god is trying to uh, to to speak to us and the cares of this age the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful but these are the ones who are on good ground those who hear the word accepted bear fruit some 34 some 60 and some 100 so uh, jesus is talking about four categories of soil and uh, let me tell you all of us somewhere we have all these things okay attributes we cannot we cannot just uh, there's no um, there's no cut out for this this and this and we cannot say you know i don't fall in this category no because it's a word is given to everyone and we have to constantly keep um examining our own hearts to see uh, which category we fall into and ensure that we don't uh, we preempt it and even as the holy spirit uh, speaks to us um and of course this particular parable we know it very clearly it's been mentioned in the three of the gospels and uh, and the three categories of soil are the four categories and the only one soil which is good soil and the aim for god the 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 uh, the the desire of god's heart is that you that you bear fruit even what hundredfold that's the desire okay but even among the good soil there are some people who get 30 and some people who receive uh, who give back 60 and some people who give 100 but the desire of god's heart is hundredfold okay uh, isaac sowed and the same year he uh, he harvested a hundredfold so Uh, that's desires that is god's desire everybody should get 100 marks is what god's desire is everybody should get rank 1 because in god's kingdom there are no the one first rank many people can get okay i mean in, in olympics no if uh, all three people get the same uh, what do you say uh, time and all of them reach you know what they give the gold medal to three you know that do you know that They, they, the people share bronze medals the people share gold medals also in fact in boxing there are two gold medals by the way two, two bronze medals if you reach the semi final gold medal i mean a medal is guaranteed you go and study olympics okay and you'll see in bronze medal the moment you reach semi finals there's no there's no bronze medal bout the guys who come to the semi final qualify automatically for the bronze medal 
Okay. So when you so when because there are two semifinals, obviously, right? Because there'll be a final, and the guy who wins the final becomes the gold medalist. The loser, I mean, the the runner-up becomes the silver, and uh, there should be a bronze medal bout, typically. But in bond boxing, both the people who um, lose the semifinal end up with a bronze medal. Okay. So God, has, it's something similar to that. God has no problem with so many people getting hundred marks. Everybody can get ranked, uh, rank number one. No, there's no numero uno per se. Mm. That kind of a demarcation he doesn't have because he is a father and he wants all his children to succeed in life. Notwithstanding the fact that not all respond uh, 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 in, in a way that uh, that will uh, hmm, ensure that this kind of an output is guaranteed, but still that is his desire, right? Because he says he, he even tells uh, tells. Uh, uh, Saul, I would have established your kingdom for one. Forever. What a tremendous God he is. Now think about it, think about it, think about it. He he chooses Saul, who is of the tribe of Benjamin, which is essentially the least of all the tribes, typically. That's essentially what Benjamin stands for. And among the least, he, he chooses what? The household of Kish which is the least among the Benjamites, because uh, obviously they are not very rich people. Why? Is, why? How do, we know, how do we know that they are not rich people? Because they are not people who take care of uh, ship, flocks like uh, sheep and oxen and goats. They have what? Donkeys and that too very few. Because when the, once they lose the donkeys, the fellow has to go and search for them because that's their own li- only livelihood by the way. So those, all those nuances are being given in the scripture to tell us that this guy was the least in some sense. Okay. It was very unlikely that he would be show, he would be chosen as the, as the king of Israel. And God does it. He chooses, chooses him. And he says, I would have established your kingdom forever. That was my heart's desire for you. He tells Jeroboam, I would have established your kingdom forever. I would have made your household like the household of King David. But you goofed up. You see, God's desire is that. God's desire. He tells the plans that I have for you are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future and expected end. What do you think? The pulpit is a place where you're always constantly rebuked and looked down upon? No. We have been told to tell you how much God has a plan, a purpose for every one of us and he wants every one of us to come to the best of our, to, 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 to come to the point where we are absolutely fruitful and glorify his name in whatever capacity that he has given us. That's his desire. That's his desire. And a shepherd of the God's own heart will exhort everyone and say, you know what? This is God's desire. This is what here. You're not left out. Okay. Just because you seem to be insignificant, at least ostensibly in the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that God has has uh, has passed you by. He, it's his desire that in whatever capacity that you are uh, in the body of Christ, serving in the body of Christ, you will come to the full capacity and 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 blossom and prosper. That's my desire for you. Okay. So, but responses are different, right? Okay. Always the responses to God's word will typically. Uh, um, what do you say? Will will ensure will will kind of um, determine the kind of output that uh, that we will bring forth, and God will not force Himself on anyone. That's the point. You see, uh, we've sung that song, you know, "Purify My Heart." Okay, it says uh, in in Romans chapter nine, He says, "God has got the authority to make some vessels of honor and some vessels for dishonor." 
In Romans chapter 9, he says that. But again, he goes to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20, he says, If any man purifies himself of the latter, he will be made a vessel of honor, ready for the master's work. It's God's desire. So he's, he's, he's sovereign, yes. But at the same time, he will not force people's he will not he will not force force people into anything okay it is incumbent upon us to respond to his word in the way he would like us to like us to respond okay and we need to ask god for the grace to respond the way he wants us to respond and what are those stumbling blocks in our lives now when i use the word stumbling block i'm using it in a very uh, general way there is there's a specific definition for the stumbling block according to the bible but what are those things in our lives which will hinder if you will the word of God to bear fruit is something which we have to look into very carefully. Because ultimately, it is a word. He who okay, abides in the word will bring fruit and he will, he will, he will be forever. Okay, The world and its passions are, are, are passing, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The, uh, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of it is as far as the grass. The grass with the fire, the fire, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the flower fades, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And he who is born of the word of the Lord also abides forever. And therefore, what is that one abiding thing that God is looking at? What are those stumbling blocks or hindrances, if you will, in our lives that will uh, cause us to not bear fruit? Is something which we have to look into and deal with. So if you turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 13. Boy. <laughs> so what I see difference, huh? I mean, I can see uh, long distance, but I can't see short distance. It's very interesting. What what is it called? Short sight, huh? Long sight, huh? Press myopia. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Matthew chapter thirteen, if you will, please turn to. Now let's look at the first kind of soil. Verse thirteen, uh, chapter thirteen, and verse eighteen, sixteen to eight, nineteen, sixteen to nineteen. Okay, sixteen to nineteen. Let's read it. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears that they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear and did not hear. So uh, we have obviously an advantage over the old covenant saints. Okay, something which is which is interesting. And then he says, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. It's a very interesting nuance he's there. That's the first kind of people who don't understand the word. Okay, now we'll come to the understanding part. Let us look at a more important nuance, which is I think I have to, I want to tackle very, very carefully. If you turn with me to Luke's gospel chapter 8, and let's read from verse um, um, uh, 11 onwards, if you will, and 11 to 15, 11, 11 is enough, 11 is enough. Okay. Now the parable, 11 and 12. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should be believe, they should believe and be saved. Now why does the, why does the devil come and take away the word so easily? It says they don't understand it, but I want to tackle understanding part bef- uh, later. I want to tackle a more important tackle a more important reality as to what happens, which is mentioned in the gospel according to Luke. If you turn with me to Luke's gospel chapter eight and verse five, you'll see uh, who are these kind of people. Okay, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some some well fell by the wayside. 
and it was trampled down. You see, that is the reason why. Why? What happened to these people? They trampled the word. What do they do? And then what happens? Immediately the birds of the air comes and devours the trampled seed. I mean, that's interesting. It's already trampled. The birds of the air come. So what is left there? I don't know. But the important is not important. The important thing that I want us to look at is not the birds of the air coming. I want us to look at the attitude with which these people receive the word of God. They trample the word. They trample it. Now, let me define, let us see in scripture, who are these kinds of people who trample the word? Right? We have to see what categories of people are the people who trample God's word. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 and look at this verse 6, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 6. And let us see. Hmm. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. Okay, thank you. Um, I sound well. Okay. Do not give the what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine or pigs, lest they trample them under their feet. Ah. And turn and tear you into pieces. That's what they do. They just don't trample. Turn and tear you into pieces. Now, there are two categories of people who trample the word. One is dogs and the other is pigs. And if you come to church office, two people, two kinds of animals which are, uh, 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 which are abundantly available on the streets of uh, Alwal are dogs and pigs. Abundantly. And those things, you do not like them at all, right? Do you like to say, oh, what a nice pig. Do you stop, stop by and say, no. The other day, I wouldn't, be, you wouldn't believe what I'm saying, okay? Um, a bunch of slit piglets uh, following the mother pig. Just opposite to that uh, uh, gymnasium, uh, gymnasium over here. And because of the monsoons, what is happening, all the drainages are leaking. So there's one nice drainage over there leaking profusely. And this little piglet, you wouldn't believe the sight. It went into that into that uh, drainage water and started doing this. It's enjoying itself. It's a little piglet. Oh, and what does the dog do? It goes back to its vomit. And what does, what do pigs do? They go back to its wallowing in the mire. No, we, we sing that song, right? He lifted me up from the miry clay and set my feet on the rock to stay. He filled my heart with a song today, song of praise, a song of praise. And what do they say? Come bless the Lord. All these servants of the Lord. That's how it goes, right? And what, what do we, we sing the songs, but you know something? Most of the times we love our mire and we love our vomit. You know, Telugu, it's a very interesting uh, poem. It says, uh, on a good muhurtam. Muhurtam means muhurat. Muhurat is an auspicious day. On an auspicious day, take a dog and anoint it as the king. You know what it will do? It will go and start licking the shoes. 
which is which is on outside the palace thank you see so these are people who love their uncleanness and this and their and they love their mire they don't want to come out of it i remember when christian and uh, and uh, pliable are walking towards the celestial city there's a slough of despond it says okay what is that slough of despond it's a mire which sinks people and some people have literally died in the mire because they liked it only few people like christian cry out for help <laughs> i like that pull me out of this mire very few people are people who hate what the situation they are in many they are not like the prodigal son the prodigal son he is right among the pigs and now he comes to his senses not many people come to their senses that's the reason why not all prodigals comes come back is what pastor james keeps telling what a tremendous statement it scares me okay it really scares me why do not many prodigals come back it's simply because they like their <laughs> mire they love it they love their high if you will they just love it they don't want to come out of it they don't want to come out of that stinking stinking place i'm i've seen this you know in canada you know what a country it is actually you you, sh- you should be really working hard to become a poor fellow it's an it's an oxymoron it's a, it's but it's a fact but you should see some people no because they are high and they are on the streets absolutely not i'm not talking about us canada you don't have to because the government pays you welfare also it's a welfare state and they take their welfare and they get drunk and they love it they love that high okay and dogs they love their vomit now think about this the situation they these are the people what do they do they trample the word now problem is they trample the word they just don't stop there they turn and tear you into pieces that's the problem Look at what it says in Psalm 22 about the spirit of the dogs. Now we know this very well. If you don't know, I'll, I'll ask Sammy to put the message on the description box for you to uh, review that sermon. It's 22 verse 16. It says, "Dogs surround me." Hmm? Okay. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me they pierce my hands and my feet no there are two categories of people those are the people who look at him who we have whom, whom they have pierced and what do they do they mourn right it what is zechariah says they look at those whom he has they have pierced and they mourn as if one has mourned for their firstborn and some people 
they look at him whom they have pierced and they want to tear him to shreds. See, they are so angry that they have been confronted by their situation. That God has pointed something inside of them and they are, boy, they are not offended. They are more than offended. They want to steamroll you. Sometimes I, I used to wonder why Satan comes and uh, takes away the word so easily. Lord, I said, it's not unfair, Lord. Come on. Poor people, they don't, they don't know how to respond and God is showing me. You know, he's like, no, 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 Vijay, you didn't see it. You didn't see the nuance over here. These are the people who trample the word and we can all those be those people. The point, my point is, we can be those people who love our uncleanness. Then somebody comes and says, clean up your room. Are? Ah. God doesn't look at the unclean room. He looks at their heart. We come with all those kinds of excuses. We love the common pity or maximum among roboticists, at least in my in IIIT lab was, the dirtier your table, the smarter you are. Oh, true, yeah. That was a pithy maxim. It was a maximum among all roboticists. <laughs> the dirtier your table, the smarter you are. So we are all in competition. <laughs> Whose table is the dirtiest? Think about that. Huh? I was like, when I was coming into the kingdom, I find what a stupid guy I was. Board is full of equations. Where it is starting, where it is ending, nobody knows. You know, Andrew Giles was this guy who proved a Fermat's last theorem, okay? He took him seven years to prove Fermat's last theorem. Okay, seven years. He got the Fields Medal for that, if you remember. You know what? When he solved the Fermat's last theorem, of course his wife went crazy, that's besides the point. His entire home was full of post-its. Organized posters. Writing equation, writing equation, writing equation, writing equation, writing equation. Was a, there was a, even a, even an orderliness in the way he solved the equation. You should see. You should look at, go to and go and look at that uh, commentary on YouTube. I love that. Com- uh, sorry, documentary on YouTube. Andrew Giles, uh, not Wiles, Giles. Okay, <laughs> Andrew Giles is the guy who solved Fermat's last theorem. He's a Princeton guy. So this is this is what it is. We we don't like people who come and confront our inorderliness and say, you know what, you love it. We love our mire. We love our vomit. You see, and he says, don't throw your pearls before swine, and don't give that which is holy to the dogs. You see, these are two things he's talking about. He's talking about something which is holy. You can't give it to the dogs. Obviously, dog is an unclean thing. What does that mean? This guy does not appreciate them, period. That's what it means. Pearls before swine. What is the ultimate pearl? If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, you will understand what is the ultimate pearl. Matthew chapter 13 verses 45 and 46. 
And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. And now he's saying, this is the kingdom, guys. Take it, take it, pick, take it. What does the pigs do? Uh-huh. He will trample it because he doesn't understand the value of it. You see, what, what do we value is a very important for us to understand. Our value systems will tell us whether we are dogs or pigs or not them, essentially. What is our value system? What do we value? Do we value God? Do we value the kingdom of God? You know, the pearl of great price, it is not found in the top. It is found in the depth of the ocean. Where there is maximum pressure. It's a pressure which makes the pearl which is precious. And what does he do? He finds it and he says, you know what? This pearl is worth my everything. And then people look at you, what do they do? Harry, you're a fool. What are you talking about? But you know what? The kingdom of God is a pearl of great price. And God is saying, I see some of your attitudes and I see that when I put that pearl there, you trample it. And you don't just trample it, you turn back and you tear me to pieces. That's the reason there are two kinds of response. They look up to him whom they pierce and they are cut to their hearts. And you know what they say to Peter? Men and brethren, what shall we do? And they repent. They understand. And on the other hand, in Acts chapter 7, if you turn with me to Acts chapter 7 and verse 51 onwards, you're stiff, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one of whom you have now become the betrayers and murderers. The same message, no. This Jesus whom you are pierced, cut. What has happened? God has made both Lord and Savior. What did they do? They were cut to their heart and they repented. And this, and this people, it says, verse 53, who have received the law by the direction of the angels and not kept it. When they heard these things, they were what? Same thing, pierced. And they gnashed at him with with their teeth. And what did they do? They tore him into pieces. That's exactly what they did. It says in Acts chapter 23, when Paul says, you know what, I am a Pharisee and I believe in the resurrection, the Sadducees and the Pharisees start fighting. And the the centurion, yeah, he says, knowing that they are about to Tear Paul into pieces. It says that's exactly the word, the word baptism that is used. You know what he does? He rescues them. And a lot of people <laughs> have to be rescued from the word of God like that. The messengers of God have to be kept. Lest you tear him into pieces. Oh, you trouble out of Israel. 
What were you doing all these three and a half years? Instead of repenting, searching, sending people into us in a search and rescue, search, not rescue operation, search and arrest operation, so that you can tear the word into pieces. This is the problem. What have we done? You have trampled the word of God. And therefore what happens? The birds of the estate then comes and says, these guys I know, they love their sin. They love their mire. They love their pigs, whatever. Oats, huh? what do they eat? Pigs? They don't eat oats, I'm sure. Oats are healthy. Huh? Whatever they eat. And it's, I'm telling you something, you know. Pig is absolutely a very wild animal. You try to, it's not like a sheep which goes to the shearers. And it's quiet when it's being sheared. Why do we say fleecing? When it's being fleeced, it says, okay, please fleece me. Do you think the pigs do like that? No way. I went to Jamshedpur once upon a time, you know, several years back, I think 2015, 16, whereabouts. And I went to one of the Mm, church members also, they have a bunch of uh, animals there and they have pigs also. They, are, they were rearing pigs and somebody wanted to take the pig and do, you know, make, make a nice meal out of it. And the pig somehow instinctively knew that it was going to get slaughtered. And you should see the kind of fight it put forth. It was like a bull. I mean, not, not only a bull, it was like a wild boar only. The fight Tell you something. It's not easy. What do they do? They turn back and they tear you to pieces. See, it's very important. So these are the people who trample the word. And therefore what happens? People come, I'm sorry, the birds of the air come, snatch the word, it's gone. Think about it, no? How many times has that happened to us? Oh, I have forgot. Forgot what was being spoken this Sunday, for example. Because we don't like to come out of our mire and our vomit. We want to like, we like to go back to it. And it says it's better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Boy, what a statement it is. What a statement. Than to have known it and then fall away. Think about it. That's the reason why the question is, do you want to be made? Ah, whole. God can do nothing with people who love their mire and their vomit. Hey, hey, uh, you know, some people come, some people do this, some people go ahead of me. Hey, hey, stop all that, okay? Do you want to be made whole? Pick up your mat and walk. And why are you there in that hole? Because of your... Sin, yeah, because of that sin. If you sin, what will happen? Something worse will happen now. See, now you have been made whole. Go and sin no more. Else, something worse will happen. So, one of the responses is that they trample under foot. Boy, that is something which we need to be very careful. That is the reason why he says, how much sorer punishment you think you deserve? Who trample underfoot what? The son of God first. Who's the son of God? The word of God. Hebrews, if it turn with me to Hebrews, if I'm right, I forgot to put that. Hebrews chapter 10, right? If we sin willingly. Sorry, 
if we sin willingly yeah it's hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 to 31 10 verse 26 to 31 yeah for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth there is no longer a sacrifice of sins but a certain fearful expectation etc and verse 30 and 31 was 29 actually 29 Yes, 29 bro. Hmm? Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled what? The son of God underfoot. That is, son of God stands for what? He was the word. Okay, in the beginning of his word. And he came to his own. His own did not receive him. He was in the world and the worlds were made by him. They did not know him. What did they do? They trampled the son of God underfoot. That is the word. It is the word of the kingdom. It is the word of the son of God. It is the word of the king. What do you do? You trample it under the foot. Under your foot. Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. You insult him. Why? What a trajectory you are taking. Simply because you trampled the word of god now this is something which is very very important for us all of us because we all have our own myers i have so many myers which i love which i don't want to change what is your myer i'd like to be somehow disorderly sometimes i don't know why <laughs> i hate it about myself we like that no and we don't want to change it and the word of god keeps on coming in that area huh. and what do we do we just trample it because you like our uh, big stye if you will we don't come to our senses okay all right so let's go to the next part of the same thing let's go to matthew chapter 13 now uh, and verse 8 uh, now look at this but others fell on good ground sorry sorry was uh, 18 sorry not 8 was 18 was 18 sorry sorry bro was 18 hmm. yeah therefore hear the parable of the owner when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it then the wicked comes wicked one comes and snatches what is this not understanding the word you know what the word in greek is very inter- interesting it's called sisamai meaning it's like you know uh, synthesizing different things and coming to an understanding so i'll i'll give you an example okay uh, we have a kindergarten session going on okay our kindergarten students there are about 3 years 2 and a half 3 years uh, maximum 4 that's the kind of range we have and they are a different class okay literally class apart you should see the way they understand stuff so the, the last week there was the 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 team was the color blue okay the color blue so generally the supervisor also dresses in blue and we encourage all the children all to all also to uh, wear a blue dress to understand the color so this kid okay he had uh, he had a blue dress and he had a blue tie okay he had a blue tie a cute no when you all kids they can wear anything they look cute okay no you wear those kinds of clothes when you become old and it's a problem no so this kid so what did what did he, what does he do he takes his tie okay he's he's fascinated with his tie i don't know why so he takes his tie and he's stretching it like this 
And they're saying, hey, this looks like a slide. This looks, looks like a slide. Okay. So what is happening? No, he, he is imagining a slide because slide is already there in his mind. So he, whatever he is now looking at his tie is kind of relating to whatever is there in his mind. Like I was talking to who? Pastor James the other day. I was telling him, this is what the kids said. And he was telling me, Vijay, when uh, my daughter was growing up, um, when she would see the, uh, the 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 credits which come in the movie, right? After the movie is over, uh, all the credits just keep moving like that. They scroll up, right? And she would say, hey, it's like a lift. Lift is moving. Why? When you go up a lift, it's as if you know everything is going up or down. Remember? So what is he doing? He's trying to synthesize and understand what is happening there. Which, which is already present in your mind. Okay. If I have to tell something to you, speak something to you, some, speak some language to you, okay. Unless and until you already have some categories of that language, you'll not be able to understand, for example, whatever I say, for example, I say, Siguledu, you'll not be able to, you'll be able to understand because you already know what Siguledu is. Okay, you are all foreigners and also another foreigner from North India. He's also here. Okay, so because you already know what it means to have no sigu. Okay, no, if I say something absolutely grandhik in Telugu, you look at me and say, hey, what is he talking about? It's a foreign language. It's like, you know, um, it's like making an uncertain sound. And you'll not be able to understand what is going on. Sim- simply because there are no categories in your brain to synthesize what is being spoken to you and make a mental picture of what is being taught. And therefore you'll not be able to retain it. You understand what I'm talking about? Why do many people in the children in the, in, 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 in class one, class two, class three, class four, uh, if, 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 let's say, let's say class six, he's not able to understand math because he doesn't know the fundamentals of addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. Because everything that he does is a linear combination of all these four, typically, non-linear, linear combination, whatever kind of a combination it is. So if these categories are not there, even if I tell him the most fundu idea, and I say, it's such a beautiful thought, right? Look at Pythagoras. What a thought. Look at how you can calculate the area under a curve by integrating it. You'll be looking at me because you have no 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 idea what what I'm talking about because those categories are not there. So what happens after the class is over? It's gone. (laughs) Exactly the same way because you don't have kingdom attributes in your mind. It's because even though we speak the language of the word in English or in Telugu or in Nepali or in Hindi, the kingdom of God has its own language. It's the language of the kingdom. The Bible has its own language, no matter what language you read it in. It's kingdom vocabulary. And because those attributes are, I mean, those categories are not there in your mind, you will not be able to make sense as to what, of, of whatever I'm speaking to you because those simply because those attributes are not there, categories are not there. So after after the message is over, what happens? Gone. Some people say it's bouncer. Some people, they don't make it a bouncer, they duck. And they call it a bouncer. Hey, hey, hey. You can't fool me. At least I know. I have seen so many students. 
I know for whom it is a bouncer and I know who are ducking. You know why they duck? Because they don't like what has been spoken. I told you. They like their sin. They like their mire. They like their vomit. It's called well left in uh, in cricket. Oh, what a leave. Seriously. You didn't score. Nonsense. Same thing. What a leave. Uh, That was a good leave. Outside the off stump, no? You don't have the categories to tackle it. I was talking to our cricketer, only cricketer, professional cricketer in our midst, Pranit. He, used to, he was telling me, you know what, he had problems facing the in-swinger. Okay. So what he would do, he would somehow tackle it and go for a run so that, you know, he would not get out. But would he really smack the ball? No. Is it a home run? No. He doesn't have categories to tackle it. He doesn't have the skill to handle it. So there are a lot of children in the kingdom of God who don't don't have the skill. Why are they children? Simply because they like to be children. You understand? So even if I speak those things, the categories are not there in their mind. So they are not able to make a mental picture of of what is being told to them or has been spoken to them through the word of God. And therefore, they don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, the moment they leave the the, the church, the enemy has come, taken, and it's gone. See, they don't have the foundations. They don't have the fundamentals. What is the fundamental? Repentance. Yeah, brother. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sami. It is repentance, Baba. It is, what is repentance? Metanoia in Greek. A change of mind. So in order to understand what you need, a change of mind first. Do you understand? <laughs> let, me, let me prove that to you from scripture. Now let us, because the NIV is the Bible which kind of brings out this nuance in a beautiful way. It actually renders the Greek in the way that I wanted to rend- uh, it to render. Because it's, 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 it's actually the right, correct rendering, if you will. If you turn with me to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 44 onwards. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 44 onwards. This is on the road to Emmaus. Remember the story? So then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. I was still with you, I was speaking to you all these things. Did you understand? No. That all things might be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophet of the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding. This is NIV. No, 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 no. Yeah, so, okay, verse 45. Okay, verse 45. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. What has to change? Your mind has to change. The change of mind has to take place. Metanoia, that's the Greek word. Nuos is actually what it says in the Greek, which essentially is talking about the faculty of your mind, which gives you the ability to synthesize all the data that has been spoken to you. It's like a computer. It's a dumb thing. Unless there's a brain called a software engineer. Right. What can it do? Fetch. Execute. 
Uh, fetch, uh, interpret, execute. This is all it can do, right? Repeat process. Whatever architecture you build the computer in, computer organization, your first exam. <laughs> right? Am I right? <laughs> I thought computer organization. Oh, donkey's years now. One of my favorite courses. Okay. It's a, it's a dumb thing. It's a dumb machine. Unless and until it has a brain. I mean, it's called, it has a mind called the software. You have the best of hardware, but if it doesn't have a software called the mind, which is what we call as a intangible thing. Hardware is absolutely fantastic. But what good is a hardware huh, without the software, without the operating system, if you will? Okay. And the and people can write operating systems like the way Windows did for several years. What do we call it? Patchwork. We released a new patch. Whoa, what, a, what a fantastic word. What is that new patch to cover it up somewhere? It was leaking. Remember, Sammy? Service pack 1, service pack 2, service pack 3, and after that they gave up. <laughs> and before Apple took over, right? And after that, every people, everybody got, got so tired of Windows. Why should I buy an operating system? I should also buy antivirus nonsense. That's what they said. Why can't my, my system be secure? So they forgot about, oh, we have Dell with uh, 8 GB RAM, i5 processor. What good it is on a Windows operating system? Sorry. You don't want it. An i3 in Mac works better than i5 on Windows. Am I right, Sami? Oh, any day. You see? Why? It is a software. As I say, it is the economy, stupid. It's the software. It's your mind. It is your mind, Baba. It's your mind. You don't have the categories in your mind to be able to use the hardware, which is there, which is called the brain. It doesn't mean that you're not intelligent. Oh, you're very smart. You're fantastic categories to make bonds. Bigger and bigger bonds. But in as far as the categories of the kingdom is concerned, you're a zero. What matter, eternal riches, you are an absolute zero in those areas. You see. So there is, there is no, there is no software per se to be able to take in these categories and to come out with something tangible unless God gives you that. And repentance is what we call as a gift of God. So what does he do? Then he opened their minds so that they could understand. What is the problem? with many believers, they have an opened mind only to a certain level. But they have not continuously transformed what? Their mind. They have not renewed their mind. They have removed their mind. Right? That you may prove that which is good, acceptable and perfect. How can you prove that which is good, acceptable and perfect will of God? Until and until you have the categories of what is good or what is acceptable and what is perfect. Am I right? And in order to accept what is good, what is uh, what is uh, acceptable and what is perfect, you should have a renewed mind, at least in as far as uh, uh, a level where you can accept what is good and then renew to another level where you can accept the acceptable and then you can go to perfection. Which is 100%. Renewed mind. A lot of people have removed their mind. 
And I told you, right? The shallowness in many believers is because they are emotional believers. Simply. Understand these things. He opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture. Is your mind open? Do you have an open mind? Opened mind? Which has been opened by God. What we call as the gift of repentance. That is the reason why. 2.22, 2nd Timothy. You see, why is, why Satan comes and takes away the, the, the what? The word. So look at what it says. Flee on, onwards, okay? Flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they only generate strife and go on. But a servant of God, it says. And a servant of God must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and then, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do what? His will. And what is to do his will? Is to do your will. Hmm. That's his, that's, that's essentially the snare of the devil. To do your will. It's my life, said the devil. And you also say it's my life. And the moment you say you are my life, it's your life, you're essentially the child of the devil, essentially. Because he's the first one who said it's my life. Okay. What happened? They have, they have to come back to your senses and you have to escape the snare of the devil. So first thing, let us ask God, Lord, grant me continuous repentance. What is that? Grant me continuous repentance. What is the one thing I liked in Novak Djokovic's, which is uh, runner-up speech? Not how runner-up speech in his press conference after he lost the Roland, Roland Garros 2020. I'll come to that very soon. Of course, how can we miss him? <laughs> come on. It was a steamrolling of Novak and that is something which is precious in my side. So, so you, and he says, you know what? In my life, change is constant. I said, that is biblical language. You plagiarized it for me. Nothing is original. I said, in believer's life, what is constant? Change of mind is constant. According to God's word, not according to the world standards. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the, oh, that's what you think. It's just not the world. It's actually the pattern of this age. Okay, we'll come to that later. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. We all with one unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory and the beauty of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. But what is the God of the day? But the God of this age has blinded. We'll come to that later, okay? I don't want to go ahead of myself. Understand this. So first thing, because you don't have categories, ask God, Lord, I want a mind which is continuously changing, a mind which is yielding. If there be first a what mind? A willing mind. 
not according to what one does not have, but what according to one already has, so that I can have more. That is the reason why he says, be careful as to how you hear, and be careful as to what you hear, for the better you hear, the more will be given to you. I'll show you. Turn to Job. Chapter 33. Um, chapter 34, chapter 34 of Job, and let's let's look look, look from verses 1, 2, and 3. Elihu further answered and said, hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge. Look at verse 3, I love this. For the ear tests words as the palate, palate tastes food. Whenever you taste food next time, ask God if you have an ear which tastes words. Because the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Alright? Another rhetorical question. Job 12 verse 11. That is a question for all of us. Okay? Does not the ear test words and the mouth taste its food? Oh, we like the mouth which tastes its food. But do we like, do we have ears which tastes words? That's important. You see, how incredibly nuanced even the first category of the soil is. <laughs> the word of God. People who don't understand it, people who trample upon it. And therefore, what happens? The enemy comes. You are already trapped by him to do his will. Pray God. Lord, continue to grant me repentance. God has to grant me what? Repentance. The gift of repentance. Amen. Okay, we'll leave the first category there. Let's go to the second fellow. We already looked at him. But we'll look at him once again. Turn to uh, yeah. Let us maybe a few word verses before we finish off. Uh, uh, finish off uh, uh, the mind. Yeah, just before we go there. To I want to show you a few verses. Turn to uh, Romans chapter eight verses five to six. Okay, first uh, five to seven. Five to seven. Yeah. Uh, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Okay? Essentially dog and, dogs and pigs. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds. That's the word. Okay, Set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Therefore, what should we be transformed in? We should be transformed in our mind. What should we be transformed in? Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 22, actually 21 to 24. Okay. If indeed you have heard him, yeah? If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, 
that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and verse 23 and be renewed in the spirit of your minds is what one translation says. NIV uses the word, the attitude of your mind and Telugu uses the word, it's a very interesting word. Chitta, you don't have to tell you. I'll, 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 I'll translate it for you, okay? Chitta vritti yandu nutana paracha badina varai. I'll tell you what chitta vritti means. Chitta vritti is a Sanskrit term. What is it? It's a Sanskrit term which means the chatter of your mind. Okay? Okay? It's called a monkey mind. Okay? Koti. Okay? Monkey mind. Okay. So what is a monkey mind? It is never stable. It is jumping from here to there, from here to there, from here to there, from here to there. It's called a charter of your mind. And yoga has an asana. Okay. If you are a yogi, even in the West. Okay. What do they do? What do the yogis do? They have an asana called yoga chitta vritti nirodhaka asana. What does it mean? I want to do an asanam which quietens the chatter in my mind. So think about nothing. God says, it is impossible for you to think about nothing. It's impossible. It is impossible. The chatter in your mind. The monkey mind. It's a very interesting word in Sanskrit actually. Telugu actually renders it Chitta Vritti. I was wondering where is the Chitta Vritti? And I was, I was actually searching it up and I, one, one yoga asana I came across. It says actually Yoga Chitta Vritti Nirodhaka Asana. What is that? Do penance and tapasya so that you can quieten the chatter in your mind. The tossing at to and fro of the mind. So what do you do? Imagine still waters. Huh, seriously. It'll, re- it'll, re- it'll, re- it'll take away your chatter. What are you talking about? See, we don't want a chatter when everything is going well. When everything is going wrong, we have peace. That is what we call as peace of God. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you? What kind of a mind do you have? Why do people don't receive the word? Ah, because they're double-minded. Why does Satan come and immediately take away? I told you, it's, a, it's about the mind. The chatter of your mind. You can see that. One last verse and then we're going to go to the next one. James chapter 1 verses 5 to 8. Hmm? If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. <laughs> Tossed to and fro. And then, next verse. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I can preach to you the most anointed word from an anointed man of God. Ultimately, the Satan will come and just take away the word simply because your mind is split. And he is the ruler of this world. And why is the, why is, why is your, why is your mind split? Because you are split between the world and the word. And ultimately you will receive nothing.
Okay? Alright. So what we need is understanding. So what should we do? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. Our formula. Okay? What is that formula? Uh, 155th time if I'm right. Consider. ESV, no? If you can put it in ESV. Think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. God has to give us. God has to give us. Okay. Lord, open our minds so that we can understand. Okay. Let's go to the second part. <clears throat> second part category of people. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 20 and verse uh, so 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Look at this. <clears throat> but he who receives the seed on stony places is the one who hears the word and immediately receives the joy. And because he has no root or no depth, we looked at it last time, but endures for a while. For when the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he gets, KJV uses the word, offended. Now, think about this. What are the different ways people get offended? See, the depth of your understanding of the word of God is directly proportional to your ability to handle Offense or a scandal. We looked at it. Like your scandal quotient, what I call. No? Not your intelligence quotient, which is useless in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, intelligence quotient is useless because he has to give that intelligence. If you don't have divine intelligence, you are useless, basically. Okay? If you do not have surrendered intelligence, I told you, at, uh, without a surrendered will, an illuminated mind is dangerous. A surrendered will is always Absolutely important before an illuminated mind. Okay. We understood that very well. But why do people get offended? What are the different ways? Why? I mean, I was, I'm, see, honestly, I'm just examining my own life. Okay. So uh, the greatest library that Spurgeon said in one of his books called Lectures to My Students. Okay. People say, I don't have tools. I don't have tools to study the word. And you know what he said? The greatest tool people neglect is their own life. They rely on books. Their life itself is a book. Okay. So why do people get offended? So let us see why people get offended. Let us see one of the reasons why people get offended. I'm going to tell you different, different ways why people get offended. And why does the word not go deeper and uh, deep into their lives. Turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verses 2 to 6. Okay. And this is after John is in prison. Okay. Let us read that context so that I'll try to explain what is going on over here. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And then he said, Jesus answered and said, go and tell John all these things that you see. And verse 6, he says, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now, why do people get offended is something. First, first category, why do people get offended is this. They expect God to, to to respond in a way that they were expecting him to respond. What did John do? Did he preach the gospel? Yes. Did he live an austere life? Absolutely yes. Was he, uh, was he a guy who got offended when people say you are a man who is of the devil? Because they said no, John came fasting and praying and you say that he has a what? A devil. Was he offended? No. Was he a guy who was confronting people's sin? Yes. Was he a righteous man? Yes. Was he a holy man? Yes. Herod says he knew that he was a righteous man and he was a holy man and he used to listen to him very, very nicely and very carefully. Then what was he expecting? He's saying, Lord, 
I lived such a fantastic life, right? Why are you not responding the way I want you to respond to me? It was as if he was saying, God, you owe me. Yeah, exactly. You owe me. What do you, what does God owe you? Tell me. Ah, hell. And he's not giving you hell. Everything else is a bonus. You need to understand that. So we talk about crowns, etc., etc. That's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. But let me tell you something. Whatever God is giving, we don't deserve. The very breath that you have. He can just take it off in one breath. I mean, yesterday I went to visit some sister who just came out of a cancer hospital and she's, she's gone to, gone through the stem cell surgery or something. She, I don't know the details of it. Okay. And she was telling me, Pastor Vijay, I was holding on to the promises of God and the doctors told me I was 62 years old. This is the last chance. You are very, I mean, if you go beyond 65, you'll not be able to handle the surgery and you might even. Because the intensity of surgery, you might just go. And she was telling me, you know, Pastor Vijay, I had in my hospital 17-year-old girl, 18-year-old old boy who couldn't handle the intensity of the surgery and they died. And I was asking God, I don't deserve this, Lord. And you're just extending mercy. We don't deserve it. The very breath that we take, you think we deserve it? What does it, what does James say? What is your life, oh man? It's like a, it's butter, vapor, which is here today and gone tomorrow. God owes us? I don't think so. So, sometimes you know what? We are expecting God to, sometimes for example, uh, you have a Cain and you have an Abel. And what is Abel crying out? For revenge. What is God showing to Cain? Mercy. I got offended so so much when I read that, you know, for the first time. I said, Lord, this is unfair. This guy is not even, not even, uh, you see, he's not even concerned about his sin. He's such a rebel. You see, most of the time, why don't we like people who are rebellious? They're not, not naturally likable. If they have a tinge of arrogance and they're snobbish, you naturally detest them. No, you might perceive me to be, for example, let's say he's, Vijay is a snob. He has a long nose. Naturally, you don't want to like to come to me. Because snobbish people repel you. They, they, they walk as if people owe them respect. We don't like those people at all. One of the reasons why I don't like Novak, notwithstanding the fact that he is one of the most talented players on circuit, is because of his attitude. It stinks. He's throwing tantrums like a baby on the on court. As if the whole world owes him respect. And why do people like Rafa? You should see the guy's attitude boss. Simple guy, humble fellow. You know, in 20 years, actually at least 15 years, at least 15 years of his of his tennis career, he has not changed his coach even once. The coach said, I want to leave. He had the same team. You know what he said? The team stood by me. Now I'm going through a rough patch. I don't want to blame my team. I don't want, I want to blame myself. I was such a humble guy. You should see his interviews. Not a tinge of arrogance. 
But on court, he's a fighter. That is the reason I like him. You know, you should see the way he fights on court. Okay. There's a, there's a saying in Telugu, Tamudu Tamude, Pekata Pekate. Okay. When you're fighting, you fight. When, 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 when we play table tennis, do we, are, are we very kind to each other, Sami? No. The winner takes it all. Simple. Right. It is, it is a game. It is a, it is, it is competitive. It is intense, but your attitude, you could be intensely fighting. So naturally we'll dis- detest rebels and snobs. Snobbish people you don't like. Natural. It's a world order, basically. Okay. <laughs> we don't like, we like people to hum- be humble and down to earth. We like, naturally. But we expect God to like us in spite, in spite of our, it's like, it's as if God owes us. But the fact of the matter is, God died for rebels. Do you know that? It says, when we were without strength, when we were ungodly. The third category is when we were sinners. And fourth, he says, when we were enemies. Can you imagine an enemy? Is he a submissive guy? No, he's enemy. He's a rebel. With or without a cause. No, because a lot of people take on causes. That is causeless rebels only they are, basically. According to me, they take up causes and they say, they are rebel. I'm not a rebel without a cause, sir. And we make a movie called Arjun Reddy. Huh? Without, without a cause. They are rebels. And think about it, no? God is so condescending. Condescending, right? Condescending? No, 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 not condescending. He's so humble. Sorry. Forgive me. He's so humble that he comes and dies for people who reject him. Does he owe us? No. You see, happy is the man. The person who never gets offended is a person who comes to the point in his life where he says, Lord, you don't owe me anything. Whatever you give me, I deserve it. In fact, worse. (laughs) So somebody said, no, how much do you earn? More than I deserve. What a statement. A lot of people are, you deserve it, Ray. You worked hard. You put everything. I don't deserve. You, you, you study and, and you work with that kind of an attitude. Will you get offended? Never. That's exactly what Joseph was. Why was God was, why was God with Joseph in prison? Because he had this attitude, Lord, you don't owe me anything, Lord. What, why, why was David God, man after God's own heart? Because, Lord, who am I, Lord? That you are going to make uh, my, 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 my throne an everlasting. What am I, Lord? Who am I? And therefore he can write a psalm, Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? What a son of man that you should visit him? And Jesus himself will quote it. Man after my own, my own heart. You know why? Because he came to the point in his life he never got offended. People wanted to take his throne. He said, take it, Baba. Huh. Take it. Oh, that fellow is cursing you. What, what Did he get offended? No. If the Lord has allowed him to curse, if the Lord has asked me to go out, and if he, if he, if he wants to bring me back, what an attitude, my dear brothers. Can, can we, that is the attitude which will guard us from what? And not only that, 
when we have that kind of an attitude, God can use our situations for His glory. You know what Paul will say? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, it says, Sam, can you just come here? So Romans chapter 8, he says, verse 35 onwards. Hmm? Yeah. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? What is that? Shall tribulation? Is there good things happening to you? No. One tribulation to the old covenant saint, he got frustrated. He got offended. Why are you not there to rescue me? Dushta sikshana, sishta rakshana. What does, it, what does it mean? You have to save the righteous and kill the sinner. God is totally different. He says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, you see, the scripture opens up to a mind of a guy who has got this attitude that God doesn't owe me anything. As it is written for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the, uh, sheep for the slaughter. And this is one of the psalmists. Actually, Psalm 44. You don't have to turn there. I think Psalms of the son of Sons of Korah, basically. You know, what does Sons of Korah say? Lord, you are there with us. We have got these victories. Now you are no longer going with us. And we are getting defeated by our enemies. And we are examining ourselves. And we are saying, Lord, is there anything wrong in us? Yes, if there is anything wrong, you, if, and if you are not with us, I can understand. But Lord, we have not forgotten your covenant. But it still seems that we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered every day. What is going on, Lord? It was a conundrum in the old covenant. It becomes a hymn in the new covenant. It's a mystery which can be sung in the old covenant. It's a song of praise in the new covenant. You know why? One guy understands, Lord, you don't owe me anything. You know what he says? I'm the chief of sinners. Least of the apostles. I don't deserve. I persecuted the church. What a God I serve. This is of worthy of all acceptance. It's a true saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came to serve, save sinners of whom I am chief. But he counted me faithful. How can you count me faithful, Baba? When you see my resume? How can you call me faithful to be put to be put in my ministry? How is it? How is it, Baba? It's absolutely because he comes to the point that he understands this. That God owes him what? You have this attitude. You know what? You will be absolutely at what do you say? Comfortable with all your leadership. Because if you have this attitude that God owes you nothing, you also will have the attitude your leadership owes you. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people got offended because they expected the leadership to uh, to behave in a particular way, but they didn't find that kind of a response, so they got offended. You see, it is not whether you're right or wrong. That's not the point over here. The attitude as if God owes you. And you get Ayatofel, offended with God. How can you have mercy upon this fellow? 
because you thought you are such a righteous man? Huh? Really? You know why I like David, he says? Because he says he knows, he has an understanding of who he really is. Lord, if you would mark iniquities, who can stand before you, Lord? But there is forgiveness in you so that you may be what? Feared. Fear. You don't owe us anything, Lord. You don't owe us anything. And you know what? You have this kind of an attitude. I'm telling you, brothers, you will save yourself a lot of offense. I'm telling you from personal experience in my life. You'll save yourself a lot of offense. Have no expectations. <laughs> and you'll never, never get offended. And whatever you receive it, you'll receive it with thanksgiving. Otherwise, you would, you'll have what we call as an entitlement mentality, which I hate in myself also. Entitlement mentality. God doesn't owe you anything. But you know what? If you have that kind of attitude through your life, they were put in prison. Huh, can you imagine? St- Paul and Silas started singing because they understood what God owes me. Nothing. Even in prison they started singing. Finished. Deliverance was wrought. You know what? They could understand one thing. All things work together for the good of those who what? Love God and who are the called according to His purpose. And only those people can say, you know what? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every lying tongue that is going to raise against me in judgment I shall condemn for this is my heritage as a servant of the Lord. For my what? Vindication comes from you. I don't have to vindicate myself. Even if I am not being vindicated right now, you don't owe it to me Lord. Because I am worse than that actually. Okay. So first thing. Why? Why do people get offended? I wrote this. Let me Let me read it. Okay. Offended because you did not get a response from God the way you expected him. Offended. Jonah got offended. Mighty. <laughs> Look at what it says in Jonah chapter 4. Look at Jonah's offense. Okay. Jonah chapter 4. He was, he was waiting for the city to get uh, burnt down. He was thinking that another Sodom and Gomorrah is going to happen. Isn't it interesting? Then when Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be burnt, there was an intercessor who actually understood the heart of God. And when Nineveh was happening, there was a guy who wanted to say, Arre, God, I want, Dothin lagao, Orek. He never said, he wanted that kind of an attitude. Look at what he says in Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and he said, Oh Lord, was not this what I said when I still was in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious God. He is upset <laughs> that he is gracious. Isn't it interesting that you can be upset that God is gracious? To somebody else? Because you think they don't deserve and ah, you owe me because I lived a righteous life. That is the reason why he says in Ezekiel, if any righteous man trusts in his own righteousness and I put a stumbling block before him, all his righteousness will be gone, will be gone, finished, over. And what do you say? Lord, you are not fair. Come on. Come on, Israel. Are not my ways clean? Uh, read the book of Ezekiel. If you don't tell me if you don't get scared after you read the book of Ezekiel. One of the most scariest books and many, many people avoid it conveniently. 
Some people don't even have the patience. They read Ezekiel chapter 1 and they give up. Hmm? Okay, what is this? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious God and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. One who relents from doing harm. Look at what he is talking about. And I don't like that about you. And look at what he says next verse. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He's offended with God. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to get angry? Offended? Are you offended, Jonah? Next verse, verse 5. So Jonah went out from the city and sat on the east side of the city. Then he made himself a shelter and sat under the shed till he see what would become of the city. He is waiting. These people should not repent. These people should not repent. One guy who was praying that some people do not repent. There are some pastors who are like that. Lord, these people should not repent, Lord. They should go to hell. Okay. Okay, these people, they can repent because uh, they are good to you. What about these guys? They are bad to you. So you are mighty offended. And God, God has to teach him a lesson. You see another guy. Matthew chapter 20. Oh boy. Let us see. Verse 10 to 16. When the first man came, they supposed that they would receive more. Because God was giving everybody one dinari. And they likewise received what? One dinari. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Saying, these last men have worked only for one hour. You made them equal to us. That's their problem. Baba, 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 baba. You made them equal to us. Who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. The point is not that. You are upset. Look at what he says. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I did you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for one denarius? Right? You agreed. Look at the next verse. Take what it is and go your way. I wish to give you the last. I wish. I wish to give to the last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Next verse. Or is your eye evil because for I am good. Ah. Are you upset because I showed mercy to these people? You're upset. Ah, I know you're upset. And we get really upset when anybody, even in the leadership, when people, when the leadership shows mercy to whom you think they don't deserve it. And you get what? Offended. See, offended because you expected God to respond in a way and he did not respond to you in that way. You got offended. That is the reason why there is no depth in your life. You know that? You get immediately offended. Offense, my dear brothers. And second thing, you get offended because of familiarity. What did I say? Because of familiarity. Let's turn to Mark's Gospel chapter 6. And read from verse 1 to 6. Okay, he went out from there and came to his own country, and his uh, and his uh, disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many hearing were astonished, saying, 
where did this man get these things and what wisdom is this is is this man uh, is this which is given to this man and such mighty works are being performed by his hands is not this carpenter again you're offended because you thought this guy was uh, in your eyes a low class are those not people with us are not his sisters with us and they were offended at him but jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives and in his own house where does he not get honor for sure in his own relatives in his own house among his own people and therefore he says now he could do no mighty works there because and he marveled because of their unbelief verse 6 will say he marveled because of their unbelief why do they why do they get offended because of familiarity and the word of god does not work in their life it doesn't go deeper that's the reason why it says in second first thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 read that hmm? for this reason we also thank god without ceasing because when you received the what the word of god which you heard from us you welcomed it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of god which also effectively works in those who believe who has got the power to work in those who believe why does it not work simply because you got offended because of familiarity familiarity offends you you're offended because ah who are these people who are these fellows to tell tell me who is this guy what is his background background both important ho jata na suddenly hmm offended because of familiarity hmm be very careful you can get familiar that is the reason why i keep on mentioning this don't get familiar with the word of god don't get familiar with men of god maintain walls good walls make good neighbors familiarity ah that's for sure and therefore ultimately brings offense i'm telling you honestly because you don't you need to have my lines have fallen for me in what places pleasant pleasant places and i have a fantastic inheritance be content <laughs> be content one guy goes on to the other side and he gets offended who's that usaya what you have your anointing i'm not saying you are you don't have anointing you have the anointing to be the king i have the anointing to be the priest you don't come here we are not denying the anointing over your life you have the anointing yes of course you have the anointing but you have the anointing of a king of administration of the executive of being the executive branch if you will hmm? you can sign executive orders but i have the anointing of a priest you don't come here i don't come there should pastors run for presidents i don't think so uh, <laughs> okay pastors should be pastors presidents should be presidents okay is my my understanding okay don't don't get get familiar just just stay within those god ordained boundaries okay right one of the things i believe this is my understanding okay why i could be wrong okay i could be wrong i could be wrong why is paul such a fired up man and you expect the other disciples to be as fired up as paul why i i feel somehow they had a tinge of familiarity with jesus i feel that that could be i could be wrong and suddenly this guy 
who never walked with Jesus and becomes the twelfth apostle. Oh boy, it's not very easy to accept. But he has such a reverence for Jesus, right? He has a he has a deeper understanding of the cross more than anybody else. Understand that, okay? And therefore, he says, the offense of the cross should not be taken away from my life. He says in Galatians. Okay. Finally, offended because of idolatry. What is that? Ah. <laughs> I'll tell you something. When the word of God comes and he touches one area in your life, you'll get offended. Because that is your idol. Everything else is okay, but that, no, don't touch. Don't touch. I remember somebody telling me, you know, you'll be coming to full-time ministry. I got used to get offended so much, okay? I used to tell I worked hard so much for all this, and you're telling me that I'm going to give up. Why would God give me all this? <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> if he has to ask me to leave everything and to come into ministry, I used to get offended big time because that was my idol. What? Dr. Vijay Takota. Title both precious, really. If anybody touches me in that area, boy, still offended. Boy, one, you can tell everything I'll give you, okay? But don't touch me in that area. That, touch me in that area. That is my precious area. Hold on. You, you know, one of the things you constantly keep doing is you're laying down your Isaac. Who, who gave you Isaac? God gave you Isaac. Don't start in the flesh, uh, spirit and complete in the flesh. Okay. Don't get offended because of idolatry. This is a very interesting verse. We know this was very well in, uh, in uh, Hosea chapter 4, verse 17. Okay. What does it say? Ephraim is joined to our idols. Let him alone. Okay. Look at this. Now let me read it in that step, Septuagint. What is that? Septuagint. Okay. Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Covenant. And this is what it says. Hosea chapter 4 verse 17. Ephraim joined with idols has laid offenses on its way. Of, is, look at, let me read it for you. Ephraim joined with idols has laid, or rather, stumbling blocks in his own way. Why? It is joined to our idols. And if you touch that idol, it will get what? Offended. Okay. Ephraim joined to our idols. <laughs> what should we do? join to? Who is a Levite? will be joined to God. Not joined to idols. That's a very interesting word. The word join, you know where it is used? You shall leave your father and mother and be joined to your wife. Okay. You adulteresses and adulteresses, don't you know friendship with the world is enemy to the God. Whoever is friend to the world has made God his enemy. Don't you know the spirit of God inside of you yearns jealously? How can you be joined to the world? And again, at the same time, be joined to God? 
you know some lot of lot of us no if anybody touches the world in us we get offended <laughs> that is our big time idol it could be money it could be your prestige it could be your education it could be your children the so called godly children you have raised it could be your marriage oh fantastic marriage I'll tell you something. If my children turn out to be good, it is the mercy of God. It got nothing to do with me. If they turn out to be bad, it is because of me. Understand? It's all the mercy of God. Nothing is an idol. See that? Don't put stumbling blocks which will cause you to offend. It's idols. Something which replaces God in your life. Be careful with that. Let's go to look. Let's look at the last category of people. Turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter thirteen, and verse twenty-two, and Luke chapter eight, verse fourteen. Look at what it says. Now, he who received the seed among the thorns. Can you put the NASB field if you don't mind? NASB. NASB gives you the very good, interesting rendering. Oh, no. ESV maybe? Oh. oh, no. Why is not uh, rendering it ESV? NIV? Nothing of this. Okay, fine. Okay, let me read it actually. The, 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 the original translation. Okay, let me read it in my translation. Okay? The word world. Okay? Now, he who received seed among the thorns is he who receives the word and the cares of this age. What is that? The cares of this age and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Okay, now let's go to Luke's gospel chapter 8 verse 14. Luke's gospel chapter 8 verse 14. Look at what it says. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they heard the word go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Two nuances are mentioned over here. One people who do not bring fruit to maturity, that's what is mentioned. The other point it says, the cares of this age. The cares of this age. Two things. Two nuances. One is the cares of this age and the other thing is that they don't bring fruit to what maturity. What does that mean? They are people who are trapped in time. What are they? Uh, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you what that what that means is. What what does what what that means? Uh, let, let's go to Luke's Gospel, chapter twenty, verses thirty four to thirty eight. Hmm? Luke's Gospel, chapter twenty, verse thirty four to thirty eight. Jesus answered and said to them, "This is after the the Sadducees and the Pharisees come and put this parable. No, actually, the Sadducees who believe that there is no what." Resurrection. Remember that the, the parable of the seven husbands. Okay. Now Jesus answered and said to them, the sons of this age, ah, what do they do? They marry and are given in marriage. The sons of, what are they? They are trapped in time. All their life is marry and giving in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain what? Uh, that age, which is the ages to come. What has God done, done to us on the cross? 
Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. <laughs> Look at what it says. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. In this, uh, in this, yes, yes, thank you. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. What does he do? He delivers us from this time and he sets us outside time, meaning into eternity. You understand? He sends us, he puts us into where? Into eternity. You're not trapped in this time. You've been delivered and you're outside time. Meaning, you're, you, you're not trapped in the, in civilian affairs, if you will. That's what he tells, Paul tells Timothy, whoever has been enlisted as a soldier does not get trapped in civilian affairs. Marry, giving in marriage. What is the problem with many believers? They get trapped in time. They get trapped by the cares of this age. And what happens in the process? They do not bring fruit to what? Maturity ka matlab kya hai? There is no completeness in their lives. In other words, they start well, but they don't finish what they have started. Why? Because they get trapped in time. And the Bible is full of examples like that. You have a bunch of guys who come out of, out, out, out of Egypt who get trapped in the wilderness. All they can remember is something from the other side. Okay, fine. I can give them, okay, they didn't understand. They were a part of the old generation. What about you, Akan? So think about that guy. He, he, he has not been a part of Balpur. He didn't rebel. He was a kind of, the, he was a part of that generation whom God says, you know what? Israel was, what? Uh, was, I, I remember the kindness of your espousals. The, the kind of love that you had for me in the wilderness. You loved me with all of your heart. Akan, you loved God with all of your, all of your heart. What happened? The moment you went into Jericho, you got trapped by something which is of this age. What happened to Gehazi? You got trapped by something which is of this age. And you did not complete what God had for your life. What, what, what about you, Saul? I would have established your kingdom forever. What did you get? Trapped by Agag, by the flesh. You got trapped by this age. By temporal pleasures. What happened to Solomon? Solomon, you were supposed to have a kingdom which will last forever. What did you get? Your wives turned your heart away from me. You got trapped by the pleasures of this life and you got trapped in time. And therefore, you did not bring forth fruit to what? Maturity. You were trapped. Why? Because it's a long obedience in a single direction. Oh, you don't have patience because let patience have its complete effect so that you may be complete and lack nothing. You know the word in, in Telugu is very interesting. So that you may be complete and you, so that you cannot, you, you, you'll not be handicapped. That's the word. Spiritually. So what does God see in a lot of us? Spiritual handicaps. It's Anunangulu in Telugu. What does Anunangulu mean? Complete in every part of your body. On the contrary, what does he say? Something is lacking in some part of your body. What does it make you? Deficiency. ADD. Attention deficient disorder. Oh, biggest handicap for the church. Think, think about it, no? 
most of the time people are asleep in the church it's a it's a default standing position it's interesting add why because they are what trapped in time they don't complete god god has started to get distracted by something which is in the world and they and they get trapped it's interesting right isaac can be trapped with food oh boy and does not complete what god has started he was supposed to bless the next generation and instead of blessing whom god has blessed he begins to bless the flesh which god says edom jacob allowed he saw i hated so you are ready to bless what god has what hated because you got trapped by what food that is the reason why their god is there belly why do we ask people brother encourage constantly to have this lifestyle of fasting and prepare your body so that you can fast get back to fitness so that you can ah fast you suddenly you think you'll be you'll, you'll, you'll fast nicely after eating for 6 7 months in lockdown rich food my goodness how we were fed no Lord, if I think about that food only, I get a little. Sometimes I get dizzy. I was looking at the at my belly. The crevice was like this, and the belly was falling like that. I said, "Oh my goodness, Lord, what has had what has happened to me? I who preached against the belly have a belly." Got trapped by the pleasures of this world. and you didn't bring forth fruit to maturity why because you got trapped in time that's exactly what happened to solomon right huh. what goes around comes around the sun goes around the earth everything is the same there's nothing new under the sun why because you are living under the sun you got trapped in time by the pleasures of this world and what does it do everything is what vexation of spirit and vanity you know why you got trapped in time solomon god had something for you and you got trapped with thousand women not one thousand pa 700 wives and 300 concubines i mean if i think about that number itself it gives me a and says when he got old his his wife turned his heart away from him everything is vexation vexation got trapped by pleasure i'll show you one example look at what it says in uh, in second uh, timothy chapter 4 verse 10 look at what it says what a fantastic rendering it is i uh, no 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 Re- read read uh, nasb or nkjv maybe nasb yeah nasb no 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 maybe niv as niv got that word yeah niv Yeah, no, no. But let me read it for you in my translation. For Demas, because he loved this age, has deserted me. What? What? Think about that. Demas, having loved this age, and therefore, what does he do? He does not bring forth fruit to what? What? He does not going to complete what God has started in his life. Why? Because he got trapped in this world, in this age. He got trapped. what god has delivered you from you got trapped in 
look at this. On the other hand, 4 7. 4 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept my faith. Because I constantly was aware that I could be trapped in this age. So what did I do? First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at what it says. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it to subjection, lest having preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now think about it. Was Demas ostensibly a right bad guy? No, but he just got trapped. He just got trapped. I'll show you. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Sons of this age, what? What do they do? Marry and are given marriage. But those who are counted worthy to inherit the what to come? The age to come. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 onwards. But about that day or an hour, nobody knows. Not even the angels, but my father in heaven. Okay. What does it say in the parable of the tares? The harvest is the end of the... Ah, it's the end of the age. The harvest is the end of the age and who, who he who endures till the end will be saved. Don't get trapped. But as in the days of Noah, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. What will they do? They, for in the days of the before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And there was verse 40. And so also in the days of Lot. Hmm? Uh, sorry, sorry uh, read verse, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, 39, yeah, uh, did not know until the flood came, yeah, go, go on, go to the next verse, yeah, let's read, let's read verse 40 also, no problem, and two men will be in the field, two women will be grinding, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, Verse 42, and then, but know this, if the master of the, of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. But, if you be like that, so don't have to turn there. If you be like that wicked servant, who will be carousing and eating and drinking and beating his fellow servants, he will come at an hour. But on the other servant, who is the wise servant? Whom the master will find him so doing. Think about it, no? Do you want to be in a movie theater when God comes? That will be interesting. No, I went to evangelize. Really? That will be interesting. That will be really, really interesting. I mean, I always imagined it, okay? I'm watching a movie, I went with my friends and my wife is at home. Because she doesn't like to come to the theaters, maybe. Okay. And I come back home. One is at the movie theater and the other is at home. One is taken. The other is left. Think about that equation. Don't get trapped in time. You see, it's a long obedience in a single direction. The cares of this world the pleasures of this life and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it does not bring forth fruit unto maturity. You know why? Because the cares of this age, you get trapped in this time, in this age. 
you know how how you know how we how we can know that we are trapped in this age or not if you are interested in food and money and insurance and bank balance etc 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 i'll tell you something if you are a man don't marry a woman who is half hearted who will trap you i'll tell that to men because it's very very interesting it says in the book of deuteronomy don't give their sons to their wives because they will turn the hearts of your sons away is very rarely you will find uh, the hearts of the women being changed we just visited this recently one sister she is the only believer in our home husband is an unbeliever but that guy doesn't object but if the equation is reversed manipulate you and they will trap you it says the heart, when solomon grew old they turned their hearts his heart away from god and they got he got trapped in time i'll tell you it'll tell that you if you're a man and if even if you're a woman don't get married to a person who's half hearted don't you will get trapped in time remember isn't it interesting it says remember lot's wife isn't it that is that is interesting that is interesting that is interesting because we know who turned back it was not lot but it was his wife and therefore you know who was making the decisions in his home this guy is on fire for god madam is not this guy sold out for god madam is not this guy loves the eldership madam doesn't love this guy is absolutely gungo about going to church madam is not so even when god sends a first level first can first level judgment to lot she's they are they have been taken as captives you know what madam says let's go back to sodom can you imagine don't get trapped by this age demas got trapped and he did not bring forth fruit to what maturity you will not complete that is the reason why he tells sardis 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 you have a reputation that you have you are that you are alive but you are what dead gazi 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 you got trapped in time baba you got trapped in time do you know what your what your what your destiny was you were supposed to be the next prophet you were supposed to be the next prophet gazi But what did you get? You got trapped in time. You got trapped. Is this the what? Look at that. One verse and we will stop. Matthew chapter uh, first second Kings chapter chapter 5. Let's read this entire passage and then we will stop. Verse 5 uh, chapter 5 and verse 20 onwards. But Gehazi the servant of Elisha The man of God said, "Look, my master has spared Naaman." Other translations will use, "He was too easy on Naaman." You know, Elisha knew he did not want to be trapped by a guy who was half-hearted. 
Oh, you know, I'll take a few bags of earth. I will go and worship in, if I have to go and worship in Ramon, I will take this earth because your law says that you should build an altar made of earth. Okay, okay. Great, great. But do you love God completely? He said, go Baba, I don't want your money. Half-hearted people's money I don't want. It will become a snare into my life. Hmm? Look at what he says. Gehazi, look, my master has spared Naman the Syrian while not receiving from his hand what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naman. When Naman saw him running after him, he got down from his chariot to meet him. And he said, he's all well. What does Shunamite woman say? All well. And he also said, all is well. My master has sent me saying, indeed, just two young men of the sons of the prophets have come. We want it for our new Bible school. Money. You know, that's exactly the reason why all these people send their, send their missionary, whatever pictures to the people in the West. And they are all so gullible. They guilt trip them. They raise funding. I'm telling you, I'm known people. I'm, I know personally my own people in my own family who tell me, Vijay, this has become a racket. They bring all this money from abroad and they don't spend nothing on pastors. And you know what they do? They fix the money in their banks and they live on the interest. No wonder the government is cracking down on FCRs. They deserve it. Some of it, at least. Or if not, most of it. Just now, two young men of... Then verse, verse 23, so Nahman said, please take two talents. And he urged him and he bound two talents, etc. And look at, look, look, look at the next verse. Now, verse 25. Now he went in, stood before his master. Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Really? He said to him, did not my heart go with you? Verse when you went to and turned back to meet the chariot or to meet the man, is it what? Time. You're getting trapped in time. Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves, vineyards, sheep, oxen, male and female servant? The leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you. You got trapped in time. You saw. You got trapped in time. That is the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at that last verse and we will start Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. <clears throat> sorry. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 to 26. By, Moses, by faith in Moses became of age, I like that, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction for the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. I don't want to get trapped in time. And then, next verse, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Here we don't have an enduring city, but we look for the one which is to come whose builder and maker is God. Don't get trapped here. This is... Don't get trapped by name, fame, reputation, etc. Okay. You started something in the spirit and now you are trying to complete it in the flesh. The problem is Derek Prince makes this interesting statement. He says, the problem is if it stops bearing fruit, it's okay. But it continues to bear fruit. But it becomes too late for you to realize that it is corrupt fruit. 
helpful. Okay, so three responses. Actually, the first response is the people who trample the word. They also don't understand the word. Third, people who got offended because of the word. Fourth, people who get trapped in time. Four categories we looked at today. It keeps, let's keep checking our heart to see our word and its response to the word. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We want to praise you for this day that you blessed us with. Enable us, Lord Father, not to get trapped in time. Let us, let us bring forth fruit to maturity. Enable us, Lord Father, to allow you to complete what you have started in our lives. To that end, I pray that you would bless us. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.